You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. A helper is someone that comforts. Someone that helps you in reference to relieving your pain, sorrow, and so forth. The root meaning of comfort is to strengthen completely. I said the root meaning of comfort is to strengthen completely. So, a helper is someone that can actually be a benefit to your spirit, your soul, and your body. Breaking it down further, a helper can actually be someone that can be a blessing to you in every aspect of your your life. A helper can help you in preventing certain things from taking place in your life. Helper can say to you, don't step right there because if you do such and such, going to happen. And if you obey the helper, you'll prevent bad from happening. <laughs> but then a good helper can recognize that, that you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in something you shouldn't be. And that helper can help you get out of your mess. <laughs> Woo! I'm definitely talking about the Holy Spirit now. Because it wasn't nobody but the Holy Spirit that brought me and a number of us out of our mess. We were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in something we couldn't get ourselves out of. It took God to bring us out. Did he bring you out? Used to be an old saying, God brought me out without a doubt. Can you take ownership of that saying? Say it to somebody. God brought me out. He helped us. He helped us. And, and, and when it comes to God, God is, in fact, a genuine helper. I want to show you what one, one verse in Psalm says about God as a helper. Let's go to Psalm 46 and 1. Just one verse, and, and most of us can probably quote it, but I want to read it. And I hope it make you happy. 
Psalm 46 and 1. God is our strength. Well, God is our refuge and strength. And then it closes out the verse by saying, A very present help in trouble. In one sense, if God is a very present help in trouble, that means he's going to do something when you're going through it. That means God is going to help you in your trying times. If you're battling physically, mentally, emotionally, or such, God is going to help you at that moment. You may not even recognize that is Him helping you because God will use a sister to help you. And, and the sister may try to take the credit, but in actuality it will be God using the person to be a blessing to you. That's the reason some of us, uh, we are so sensitive to God and doing what God would have us to do to even when he uses us, we will let people who we help know that God is the one that sent me here. So if you're going to give anybody the praise, give it to him. And we even say things like all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise belongs to the Lord. But he is a very present help in trouble. That means, again, that God will help you at the moment of your ordeal. Don't ever think that God is somewhere on a beach when you're going through trouble. No, God is right there. I said he's right there. And, and sometimes God, God can be right there, but you still feel the pain. You say, why is that if he's going to be a very present help? He is being a very present help because he is not allowing no more to come on you then you can bow. He's right there saying, that's enough. Don't go no further. He is a very present help in? He is a very present help in? That's our God. And here in John 14 and 26, you notice that Jesus talked about the divine helper who he also deemed in the same verse the Holy Spirit. The divine helper or the Holy Spirit and notice what he says again here about him. He says whom the Father will send, and notice how he's going to send him, in my name. Why is that important? Why is it important that we understand that the Holy Spirit or the Helper is going to be sent in the name of Jesus? Now before I take you to Scripture, remember that the name Jesus means Savior. That's what it means, Savior. The one who saves and and we and we really have to explain that 
or understand that in detail in reference to our lives. Because it was God that saved or delivered us from ourselves. How many can admit you were messing yourself up? But he saved us from ourselves. More than that, he saved us from sin. Now, why is that important? Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God, which is salvation, is eternal life. But it comes through Jesus Christ. He saved us. One writer said, in the nick of time, he saved us. And some of us can identify because we, we were about to do something that would have taken us completely out of this world. But God intervened and said, I got something better. I got something that's going to solve all your problems. I've got something that's going to make you happier than you've ever been. What was that? Salvation. Salvation. How many of the greatest things that ever happened to you is being saved? That's the greatest thing that has ever happened to us being saved. And the only reason you receive salvation is because of Jesus. Now let me take you to the scripture. Let's go to the book of Acts. We're, we're going to go first to Acts the second chapter. Acts is right next to the book of uh, St. John. Acts the second chapter. Verse 21. This is what Peter quoted while he was preaching on the day of Pentecost. Acts 2 and 21. It shall come to pass that Barry Walker will call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Now what I just said was true even though it's not written right there. Right? But what's written is this, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? It has to be that name, the authority that is in that name. When you call on the name of Jesus, salvation going to happen. God will start producing in you deliverance, protection, and prosperity. That's what salvation is completely. Deliverance, protection, and prosperity. It shall come to pass that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? You think God will save me? Look at the verse. Pastor Walker, you don't know what I've been doing. Look at the verse. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Pastor Walker, I'm into so much stuff. I don't know if God can save me. 
Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be what? It don't matter how much stuff you're tied up in. It don't matter what has you wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up. God will save you. Unless you don't want to be saved. If you want to be saved, the Lord will save you. If you don't want to be saved, He ain't, he ain't going to run you down as some folks say. I didn't want to preach, Pastor. What happened? God ran me down. Oh, Lord, He ran you down. I guess you're the first one in history that God done ran down. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. God can save you. All right, consider Acts 4. Just turn the page. Acts 4 and 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, talking about Jesus, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. The only name that saves is Jesus. The only name that saves is Jesus. No other name, no other name has been given except the name of Jesus. And, and again, Peter was proclaiming this uh, in the first century to people that needed to hear about salvation. He started on the day of Pentecost, but he continued preaching, letting folks know that if you're going to be saved, if you're going to be delivered, it's going to take Jesus doing it. And so back in John 14 and 26, notice again that Jesus himself said that the helper of the Holy Spirit was going to be sent by the Father, but it was going to be in his name. His name. His name. And so we, we have to understand the, the power of the name of Jesus. And, and you have to know this, that certain people will acknowledge that Jesus was a prophet, but they will not acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Jesus, yes, was a prophet. Yes, he was apostolic. Yes, he could have been deemed an evangelist. But more than anything, he is God. He is Lord. He is Savior. He's not just a minister. Or was not just a minister in Scripture. Not just a prophet in Scripture. Jesus is God. Jesus is Lord. How many understand it? And that's the reason it takes His name to save. That's the reason we would try new things and they would work for a minute. But the only thing that truly brought you out of your predicament and brought me out of mine is Jesus. That's my testimony. Is that your testimony? And here we have scripture backing it up. 
But notice back in John 14, 26. But the Father will send the Holy Spirit or the Helper in the name of Jesus. And then he goes on to say, and he will. He will connotes a promise. He will teach you all things. And one of the ways he does it is through a preacher or a teacher. Yeah. So the Holy Spirit will teach you directly and indirectly. I said the Holy Spirit will teach you directly and indirectly. The Holy Spirit will give me what to give you. Right? But notice he's going to teach you how many things? That's the reason when, when you hear a preacher say, well, the only thing that God has given me to teach is about money. Is that a Holy Spirit feel and Holy Spirit led preacher? No. Because the Holy Spirit is going to teach all things. And, and it makes sense because of the mission of Christ. What's the mission of Christ? John 10, 10. The thief comes not before to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come. Why? That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So if the Holy Spirit is doing everything in the name of Jesus, it means that the Holy Spirit is going to be in line with the mission of Jesus. And again, the mission of Jesus, according to John 10, 10, is for us to have life and have it more abundantly. And life is more than just about money. God wants to touch every aspect of your life. He wants you to be productive in every aspect of your life. He wants you to be productive in the church and outside the church. On your job and away from your job. When you go off and when you at the house. God wants to touch you in every aspect. Do you believe that? He going to teach us all things. To teach is to first give us instruction. He's going to instruct us. Going to instruct us to go left, right, up, down. Instruct us to do A, B, and C, not D. He's going to instruct us. To teach also means to equip. That's the reason in the book of uh, Ephesians, the fourth chapter, the 11th verse and following, it talks about how Jesus himself gave to the church a five-fold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the ministry for the equipping of the saints until we all come into the unity of the faith. And see, all of this is going to be done 
through the Holy Spirit. Making sure that we are equipped. God does not want His children ignorant. And if you're taught well, it says from a pastoral standpoint, according to Jeremiah 3 and 15, that you're going to have two things. That once you're taught, you're going to have two things. Jeremiah 3 and 15, um, the prophet prophesied, and I'll give you shepherds according to mine heart that will feed or teach you knowledge and understanding. If you're in a church set up under a Holy Spirit field pastor, you're going to be taught divine. Now that's going to be the primary divine knowledge and understanding. But you'll also be taught practical knowledge and understanding. But he's going to make sure you, you have know-how. Make sure you're able to grasp a hold of things that you need too. For the simple reason, he don't want you to be stupid. Is it okay to say stupid? Okay. What about foolish? All right. Because we have been stupid. We have been foolish. To the point to where we messed up ourselves as well as other folk. But, but here the Holy Spirit going to teach you things. Now, in John 16 and 13, he, he's specific. He says that, that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of truth will guide you, get this, into all truth. That means whatever you need to know in reference to your purpose in life, the Holy Spirit going to make sure you know it. I said whatever you need to know in reference to your purpose in life, the Holy Spirit is going to make sure you know it. He's going to teach you how many things? Whatever it takes for you to be successful in life. Whatever it takes for you to be productive when it comes to your thoughts, your words, as well as your deeds. He's going to make sure you know it. He's going to teach you all things. And say to your neighbor, we need to know some stuff based upon what does saith God. And I'm going to show you why. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. Y'all holding on? I'm getting ready to close it. 1 Corinthians, and we're going to look at the second chapter. And I need you to notice the wording closely. Now, he's going to teach us all things, but now we're finna get specific in uh, certain things he's going to teach us. And, and this right here may surprise you, but, but I want you to watch closely what he says in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. I'm going to start at verse 13. Paul, the uh, author of the book, or the epistle, said this right here. These things we also speak. Not in words, which, help me, man's wisdom, what? But which, who teaches? Now, automatically, Paul 
is basically letting us know there's going to be a difference between a wise person's teaching versus the Holy Spirit's teaching. Well, look at the verse again now. Some of you, when I said that, you look back down as if you didn't see that. Well, let's look at it one more time. These things we also speak not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit, what? Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Oh, but look at verse 14. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of what? For they are... Some things that we shout about, we decree are a blessing. Other folks look at it stupid. Some things we decree by faith. Folk look at us and say, you crazy. You're decreeing by his stripes. Of the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Because that's what the word says. But some natural, intelligent person thinks you're stupid. Oh, Jesus going to heal me. That's crazy. You need to be realistic. I, I, no, I need to be Bible. I've been realistic. But, but I done been born again. Now I'm Natural man will not receive the things of who? It does not matter if, if that natural person is a professional or not. Some folks are not going to receive the things of God. When I tell you God is going to bless you despite this, that, and the other just because of your faithfulness, Someone would say to you, that preacher lying to you. But it's bigger than the preacher. God is the one, according to Hebrews 11 and 6, that decreed he would bless a person for being faithful. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that Diligently see him. Saints of God, you're going to be challenged by folk when it comes to your faith. And you have to remain intact with what does says God. You cannot allow reality to become greater than what the Holy Spirit is revealing. You cannot allow reality to come to become bigger than God's word. Why? Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass. But not what? Not God's word. God, God's word is not going to fail. It's not going to fail. God's word is not going to what? God's word is not going to what? It doesn't surprise me when folks 
look at me as if I'm crazy when I talk scripture. Because I know the scripture. I know the Bible. I know the Bible says that's the type of reaction I'm going to get. But it's not going to make me change my, my mind. Why? Because when, when the Holy Spirit teaches you all things, what's actually happening if you're receiving it is that you're becoming indoctrinated. The word is getting so in you to where you, you, you got to talk about it. You got to think about it. You got to, you got to operate in it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will indoctrinate you. Do you know he lives in us? That, that, that means when, when folks say stuff, you just ain't going to agree with them. And you knowing that is contrary to what does say is God. I love what one writer said. He said, let every man be a liar. But let God be true. Sometimes you have to call yourself a liar. When you get to talking stuff that's going on in your life, you get to talking about stuff in contrast to, to God's word. Yeah, you need to say, walk up your line. You need to straighten yourself up. God didn't say that. Oh, you don't ever preach to yourself. Who in here by a show of hand you preach to yourself every now and then? Lord have mercy. Y'all hold on. Hold on. I'm almost done. We're still in 1 Corinthians 2. Because we're dealing with how the Holy Spirit would teach you all things. But now we're breaking it down. And, and notice again what Paul says uh, here in 1 Corinthians 2 and 13. Look at it again. Uh... These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are, help me, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. If, he, if, if a person is not being taught by the Holy Spirit, it's going to be hard for them to receive the wisdom of the Holy Spirit are the teachings of the Holy Spirit. You agree? Verse 15. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. And, and see, when you have the mind of Christ, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? The words of Christ. Guess what you're going to walk in? The words of Christ. But it all starts with having the mind of Christ. But the bottom line, the Holy Spirit is going to teach you how many things? Let's go a little further. Let's go to the book of Luke. Let's go to the book of Luke, the 12th chapter. I'm getting ready. I'm closing with this, with this verse right here. Lord have mercy. Y'all got Luke, the 12th chapter? All right, notice the 12th verse. For the Holy Spirit will teach you 
in that very hour what you ought to say. Now, now notice Jesus actually lets them know that the Holy Spirit going to quickly tell you what you need to say. You find yourself in a, in a position to where you don't know what to say. Don't worry. The Holy Spirit going to teach you what to say. But is it just in that moment? No. Holy Spirit going to teach you what to say whenever you need to be talking anyway. Yes. Sometimes you can have a general conversation and the Holy Spirit will be dealing with you uh, or telling you what to and what not to say. Have you ever had a general conversation without the Holy Spirit and you said something you hadn't been to say? That's the wonderful thing about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you not say what you have no business saying. And sometimes, and sometimes the Holy Spirit will, will just have you listening. Holy Spirit will just, even though you'd be anxious to say something, Holy Spirit will say, don't say a word. Let her keep talking. She gonna mess up herself. Cause some of us, when, when somebody says stuff, we like to talk back. But sometimes the Holy Spirit says, don't say anything. And then sometimes the Holy Spirit just, just let you say one word. Okay. Or three words. I don't agree. <laughs> but say to your neighbor, he'll teach you what to say. How many, how many can see why he's a divine help? I'm done. Let's get a lot of video and praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.